Hello again, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. As we continue to live through one of the most challenging moments in history, there's a lot of stress and uncertainty. The future seems a bit blurry and tough to figure out. So rather than focus on things we can't change, I've compiled a set of stories that focuses on those beautiful, simple things in life that remain constant. Things we would never change, even if we could. There's still so much beauty and hope to be found in the world. Sometimes you just have to look back and remember those truly important things in life. I've always loved and appreciated the simple things in life, but during these current times, I appreciate them even more. For me, it helps to think of those little memories of wonderful times from the past and those little reminders of the beautiful bits of life that are still with us in the present. Yes, even now, there are still a lot of fantastic things to be grateful for in our world. Sketching and writing each day is certainly something that's helped me focus on those positive aspects. And doing something creative is the best thing we can all be enjoying in this moment. So join me now for this little collection of stories inspired by sketching simple things. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Like a cow in a field. When I first started sketching and painting, I used to paint lots of landscapes, but then quickly moved to just sketching stuff instead. Landscapes just didn't hold my interest, though I do rather love sketching animals. So for prompt of landscape once, I decided to paint one again and add a cow. Cows fascinate me because it's rather difficult to guess what they might be thinking. This one could be sleepy, or a bit bored, or plotting to take over the world. It's just impossible to tell, really. Or perhaps it's simply thinking, the next time someone moos at me while passing in a car, I'm totally going to lose it. But mooing at cows was quite a treat as a kid. I'm not quite sure why we only felt we could talk to cows. We didn't really neigh at horses very often or attempt to communicate with chickens that passed by. Cows, though, were apparently just there waiting to have a little chat with us, and so we always obliged. Looking back, they don't really seem like chatty creatures at all, and we're probably just wishing we'd hurry up and pass by so they could enjoy a bit of peace and quiet. Though I was often around cows for long periods of time on my grandmother's farm, they were always a mystery to me. It was years later that I learned they were actually rather intelligent animals who may seem to live a carefree and even dull life, but they have the ability to remember things for quite a long time. They will develop grudges against other cows who mistreat them and possibly irritating humans who like to moo at them while driving by. They are good at problem solving and have been known to heroically escape slaughter by leaping a tall fence and then traveling miles to reunite with their calf. This isn't really all that surprising. No animal ever really wants to be separated from its family. And lastly, they possess an emotional complexity that gives them another interesting ability, one that is often thought to only be something humans would ever bother doing. They have the ability to worry about the future. This fact was the most startling, as I always thought we humans were the only ones bothering to fret about what will come next. 
I always assumed animals were just a bit smarter than we were on that front and could happily roll with the moment without letting something that hasn't actually happened yet affect them. So in some ways, it's a bit comforting to know that many living beings contemplate what the future might hold. I can spend countless moments wondering and worrying about what might or might not come next. But in those moments, I always have to remind myself that the future is not entirely in my control. And honestly, what's happening in this very moment is probably the most important thing of all. Something to relish and enjoy. Don't get me wrong, it's good to think ahead on things, but only if it's part of planning, with no real worrying at all. At least, that's what I know in my heart. So I have to wonder sometimes why I can still find myself sidestepping the present to worry about the future like a cow in a field. When Life Gets Bittersweet Tonight we have a quick little doodle wash of some lemony kind of treat, simply because I was unexpectedly in a mood to paint with a bit more yellow. I can't even begin to guess why, but I've learned not to question these things and just roll with it. Friday evenings are a bit cramped for time as I'm perfectly exhausted from the work week and ready to just crawl into bed early and watch whatever Netflix suggests I should watch next. Though I wasn't able to talk Philippe into making me a proper dessert this evening, we have friends coming around tomorrow evening so I have a feeling one might still be in my future. As ever, I ended the week getting many things done and yet still have a list a mile long that I failed to complete. I'm happy for the things I succeeded in getting done and yet feel a sense of loss for those things I promised myself I would complete while thoroughly failing to do so. This is the way I end each week. I'm in a rather reflective mood, wishing I'd managed to do just a bit more. But I'm also always a bit giddy that the weekend is here and I can actually revel in relaxing and doing simply what I choose to do. It's the best dessert ever. Though I always dance through my art journey with a crazy amount of optimism, there are times when I feel a bit lost. Those times when I can't immediately feel what to sketch next or indeed what to even write about here. These are times when some might suggest taking a break, but for me, it's more therapeutic to just keep going and push through it. The truth is, I showed up tonight extremely tired and not really wanting to sketch anything at all. I could have leaned into that feeling and done nothing, but instead, I did what I always do. I made something anyway. And while I was doing it, bit by bit, all of the stress of the week started to fade away. I immediately got lost in the moment again, and a few minutes later, when I was done, I felt a wild sense of accomplishment that made up for all of those little things I didn't quite do this week. I still managed to make another little doodle wash in my sketchbook and complete my daily journal via this very post. And now, any bits of regret or sadness that happened during the week have faded to the back corners of my mind. It's in these moments that I've realized why I show up here each and every day. I've learned that the best cure for a lack of inspiration is simply to force myself to make something, anything at all. It's not the end result that matters most, but instead it's the very act of creating that enriches the soul. Taking a page of a sketchbook and making a mark of some kind. 
and then following those marks where they lead to create something that wasn't there just a moment before. People often talk of talent as a gift, but the real gift is the opportunity to create, which every single one of us has been given. Perhaps that's why, as I head into the weekend, thrilled about taking that break, I'm happy to do a little something more. If I only spent my life taking things, I can't imagine it would be as brilliant as a life spent making things. My joy comes from creating, and I simply have to honor that joy each and every day. And my commitment to this is returned tenfold as I once again feel the incredible delight of making what I love, even when life gets bittersweet. A breathtaking view. Yeah, I'm rather positive that when people described a breathtaking view, they were thinking about a sunset on a warm beach or standing over the Grand Canyon. When I thought of this as a prompt once, my mind, of course, went to an elaborate dessert. Well, at least in the sense of scale, as the ingredients in this one are rather simple. But I'm equally not a landscaped artist, so I'll leave that to those better qualified. My favorite thing to paint in the world is food, and dessert is my favorite thing to eat. So I knew that if I combined the two and stuck to what I enjoy most, I would hopefully end up with a lovely view, if not breathtaking. That seems like a rather high bar. I'll let you be the judge, as right now I'm just craving cake. My favorite time of year is heading into autumn as the menu gets a little richer and more decadent. I've no idea why, as the colder temperatures make walking less of a pleasure, which means less exercise, but I don't question it. Instead, I'm ready to revel in all the food and baggy sweaters that I can fit into that season. I've suddenly lost all train of thought as now I'm thinking only of whether that ice cream was still there waiting in the freezer. It's been a few days and I can't recall if the last time I tried it was thorough. My pause now is blamed on finishing this post, but it's really the fear that I'll be horribly disappointed should I brave a peak. I'm not even sure I'd describe myself as having a sweet tooth, as that usually implies you want sweets all the time, which I don't. But at the end of the evening, or a particularly wonderful meal, I sort of demand dessert. It's the view I really must see next to celebrate properly. It's the icing and the cake. Both, please. That will do fine. Though I do try to live life with a healthy moderation, I'm equally persistent when it comes to making sure it's rife with indulgences. There's simply living and then there's actually feeling alive. I want to be sure I'm enjoying the latter as much as I possibly can. That requires dessert. And when it comes to painting, I'm no different. When there's something I've been craving to create, I simply must find a way to make it happen. This explains my sometimes loose interpretations of my own prompts, but that's all part of the fun. In the end, if you take the time to sit down and paint something, you better be certain that it's something you truly enjoy. Let your mind wander to wherever it takes you and paint that. It's exactly the thing you were supposed to make in that moment. That's why I keep coming back and painting and writing. This post is rambling and ridiculous, I know, but it's exactly what I needed today. A sweet dessert that doesn't try hard to make a point, just provide a touch of happiness, and a simple reminder that when you create anything at all, if it comes from the heart, you'll always end up with a breathtaking view.
like a goat eating grass. When faced with a prompt of grass once, my mind jumped to the time I would spend on my grandmother's farm in the summer. There were lots of animals present, but I adored the goats most of all. There was something intriguing about that goat face munching on grass while staring at you with a totally blank, rather bored expression. I loved visiting when the babies first arrived as they were so incredibly cute. As a kid, I would also go home with a bit of goat milk and I absolutely loved it. When I got a little older, my grandmother decided it was time that I might be able to help her milk the goats. I remember having my little silver bucket at the ready and staring at her imploringly as to what I should do next. Grab the tit and squeeze down, she would always exclaim, and I would start giggling uncontrollably. This made it really difficult to perform the actual task of milking, and so I was quite bad at it. In a very brief time, she would intervene, grab the tit, and the milk would magically stream into the bucket. I think I managed a successful squirt before being lost in laughter. I often miss those days and think back to them quite often. There was a certain magic spending time on a farm. Mornings happened quite a bit earlier than they did back home, but the light was brilliant and there was such a peaceful feeling. This was long before the days of smartphones or even dumb phones that you could carry around with you. There wasn't a single thing to distract me from the world around me. Just my own imagination that would be filled with amazing things that I would like to do that day. After I helped with whatever chores I was assigned, I would run off in search of adventure. There were acres to explore, and each little patch of grass changed each time I would happen upon it, revealing new mysteries. When I went back to visit as an adult, the farm didn't seem quite as gigantic as I remember. It actually seemed much smaller. An acre of land was more amazing when crossing it with tiny feet. Even still, the memories came flooding back and my eyes filled with tears. I wasn't sad, but just overjoyed. Those amazing moments spent there were the bits and pieces of a life that helped to shape the man I became. I feel a strong connection with nature and a love of all animals. I learned about a quiet world that happens far from the nearest supermarket. A place where every creature is part of a greater purpose and treated with respect and kindness. A place where time can actually stand still, if you let it, as each sunset falls more brilliant than the next. I sometimes find myself rushing through life these days, trying to keep up. In these moments, I travel back in my memory to those days on the farm. I try to remember what life was like before all of the amazing technology that came after. Just those simple days under a warm sun that seemed endless in time and possibility, where I could take just a little moment and stare into the distance without worrying about anything at all, like a goat eating grass. It takes two. When it came to a prompt of love once, I wasn't sure what to sketch and a bit short on time, so we inexplicably ended up with a couple of shrimp nigiri sushi. I'd love to say that I saw them nestled together on a plate and it reminded me of love, but really I was just craving sushi, so that's what we ended up with. 
I was going to try it with just two colors, orange and blue, but had to dash in some opera rose. As for love, the first thing that popped into my mind was the chant that kids used to say on the playground. Charlie and whoever I happen to be talking to at the moment, sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, spelled out slowly and menacingly. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in a baby carriage. That was considered a horrible taunt as we were at the age when all of that sounded perfectly gross. So we'd quickly move away from the other victim or simply run away. As an adult, I have to marvel that the chant says that love is first and then marriage as though the two were mutually exclusive. It's a wonder any of us grew up to get married at all. But I've discovered that if you find the right someone, love thankfully only gets stronger after that happens. I'm not sure that marriage was something I particularly aspired to or ever really craved. What I wanted was someone to spend my life with, that was all. When Philippe and I first met, our marriage wouldn't have been recognized in most of the United States. What was certain was that we wanted to actually be together for life. This in itself is an extraordinary thing to decide. To be certain that someone you're with is the one and that you intend to share your life together. My friend who visited me recently asked me an intriguing question. She asked, what's the one thing that made you fall in love? I wasn't sure how to answer. Just one thing? But the more I thought about it, I realized that there was that moment that seemed nearly mysterious and almost impossible to describe. There may not have been one word or phrase, but there was that one thing that changed a friendship into love. Or rather, took a friendship and made it even more incredible. Though it's definitely important to love yourself, that wonderful feeling of self-worth that propels us to succeed, there's more required. The feeling of loving another person is one of life's greatest gifts. Not simply romantic love, absolutely any kind of love shared between two people. Each relationship is so different, and the love felt so unique to each special person who melts your heart. As strong and self-assured as we strive to be in life, we need others to make our lives complete. There may not be marriage and a baby carriage, but the close and cherished relationships we have are the reason life matters. As wonderful as spending a little time alone can feel, knowing that someone else out there misses us when we're gone is the best feeling in the world. Some days I feel like I still have so much to learn about life, but of all the things I still don't understand, there will always be one thing that's certain. True happiness is always possible, but to make it happen, it takes two. Ordinary Days Once a couple years ago around this time of year, I had an open theme to simply paint what we love. The prompt that day was ordinary, which is the type of world where most stories begin. Just before the grand call to action and heading into an amazing new adventure, it's that moment where we get to know our narrator. So these are my favorite sneakers. I guess in better stories, there's really more to it than that. But since my stories are super short, this is about as far as I can go. 
I have had these for a few years now. Beyond the scuff marks, the only significant change is the arch support insert that Philippe made me add instead of throwing those damn things in the trash. I've no idea why I grab for these shoes the most as they're not really that comfortable, but there's just something about them I like. And because of that, they've joined me on many different adventures. For today, it also just felt right that they should be there at the start of this one. I don't wear these sneakers to work. They're for the days when I'm relaxing and not doing much of anything. The day's so ordinary that they don't give you much to tell the next day, but make you feel like you've just come back to life again. They're grayish green and not particularly beautiful, but they represent all those times when life wasn't about the spectacle, but simply about the familiar. I've attempted to capture them here using just three primary colors, allowing them to blend together and create whatever color they felt like creating. I love trying new things, but I still have a fondness for all of the little things that managed to make themselves a permanent home in my life. It might be that coffee mug that I received from a friend, the one that you have to squint to see the logo on, which is now faded from too many washings. I might defend it by saying that it survived all the moves and changes in life because it keeps the coffee really warm, but it's more likely that it's just a fond reminder of happy times with a good friend. These little tokens that I collect in life are fabulous, not because the world thinks they're precious, but simply because I've decided that they are. In most cases, they're not only unimpressive, but nearly embarrassing for all of the wear and tear they've accumulated over the years. But it's really just that they've endured a lot of love. I'd like to think that as I grow older and accumulate even more gray hair and wrinkles, that people would look at me the same way that instead of thinking I'm simply old, they'd also say, he seems to have been very well loved. In the end, it probably doesn't matter whether they do or not. In my heart, I'll know it's true. Each little sunrise may make us older, but it's also a gift, another time to give and receive love. And even if you're the only one to see the beauty of a certain moment, you'll always know that in the end, there's nothing more special than those beautiful, ordinary days. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Thank you.